Welcome to episode 80 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 80 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. How are you going, mate? Awesome, thank you. You know what, I got no sleep last night. Oh dear. You You're know so what? excited about the show. I'm so excited about the Kona <laughs> Super Special. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For all your coffee needs and exciting news about that coming later in the show. Yeah, Tribuys.com uh, And more exciting news about Tribuys. And Athlinks.com And we've got exciting news about those guys as well. It's an exciting show. I tell you, no wonder I got no sleep. Exactly. Anyway, in this week's show, so this week is all about Kona Super Special. In our news, we're going to be covering a lot of the Kona stuff. Uh, we've got an age grouper of the week, this madman, eh? Yeah, one of my Polish boys sent this through. So it's not exactly a triathlete age group of the week, but it's quite an interesting story. So we thought we'd bring that Fascinating in. stuff. Um, high five of the week. Some Kona tips, race day tips. Kona tips, race day tips. Uh, website of the week, uh, Coach's Corner. Very brief on whether to wear a fuel belt or not. Somebody was asking me questions on that. Oh, nice, and questions and answers. But it's mainly, it's that time of the year when we all get pretty excited, when you lose sleep at night, not for other reasons, for exciting reasons, and it's the Kona time. And the first kind of big news that we're kind of harp on a lot about in the show that we thought we'd really cover is the drafting. Yeah, so it appears that WTC has actually now listened to the pro athletes. You know, all of them are saying they want a bigger drafting zone. So they are, they have changed that for this year. And also Slipstream. <clears throat> so that's interesting. And <clears throat> You're right there, mate? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they police that because they haven't actually set it down as a rule, but they are, I don't know how they're sort of going to go about this, but it's going to be a 10 metre rule, which is 10 metres from front wheel to front wheel. So it still is only a 7 metre gap. I think a lot of the pros probably want a 10 metre gap gap from 10 metres from yep, back, back wheel to front, front wheel. wheel, but it's an improvement, which is a good thing. Yep. And the other thing that you'll notice a lot of pro athletes doing, and a lot of athletes in general doing, is when you come up to pass somebody, you can ride straight up into their slipstream and you've got like 15 seconds to get past them. And um, you use that as an advantage, obviously. Yeah, so slingshot past them. So and particularly if you get two guys together and they keep yeah. doing that all the time. Exactly. So that's how those, those packs, you know, the lead pack can sort of stay together and it's quite hard to get away when people are constantly doing that. There's a lot of pace changes. So they're, they're going to try to eradicate that as well. Um, but they haven't been super clear now this article is, is not by that we've seen is not by WT written by WTC so I'm sure the pros will um will sort it out when they're over there but uh it's a good move but uh and we'll see how it goes and see whether it does split that pack up at all. One of the comments on this article was that sure the rule's great, hopefully they have enough marshals to place it right. Yeah. But yeah I think yeah. I would have said that didn't they? That's always a thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, they need to have marshals with them all the way. And good marshals as he's saying. Yeah. 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 Because there is always that pack, you know, it's likely you're gonna get a few people riding off by themselves, which is great, but I'm sure there'll be that pack of contenders there and they need to have a couple of marshals with them the whole way, not somebody just leapfrogging up and back. They need to have somebody with them the whole time. Mm, yeah, it's exciting Interesting time. stuff. So that's, that's good news, isn't it? It is good news. Yeah. And I think most people, most pros will be pretty happy about that. Most pros. And so we thought we'd spend a bit of time looking back on last year's race. This time last year, Slam Ian came around to my house. Yeah. We sat around, we played Monopoly, yeah. and we watched Kona. Yeah. That's what we did. It's good timing for us in New Zealand, isn't it? It is good timing, it's, isn't it? It's only an hour's difference, and obviously the day behind went an hour's difference. And it's so. a Sunday, so it's kind of a bum day. Yeah. Bum day Sunday. So last year it was all about Norman Sadler really just dominating on the bike, rode a 4.18. Well, stepping back, uh, 
uh, the swim was interesting last year, wasn't it? Well, that was the thing. This Norman Sadler, I was watching the coverage, and they didn't make a big deal out of it at the time, but I saw Norman Sadler come out of that swim, and I just thought, holy crap, how did he do that? And, you know, he's 15 seconds down on like the likes of Chris McCormick. Normally yep. he's five minutes down on those guys. Yep. So he passed him going up, uh, what's that first highway, Kuakini, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Passed him straight away on the bike and just completely destroyed them. Need to remember, the last two years have been very, very calm conditions. Yeah, amazing bike time. Yeah, but I'd, I think it'd be fair to say that he would have got a bigger lead last year if, if it had been um, windy conditions. True. So, interesting. So, and, and the other big thing last year was he showed he can run after doing an amazing bike. He ran a 2.55, and you've got to think that, um, you know, you take Chris McCormick out of the picture, there's only a couple of guys there that, that ran... One. Yeah, only Chris yeah, and, yeah. and Rugby. And Nico Lannis, you, you rate him as a very good runner. Marino Van Honeck, a great runner. Luke Bell, Cameron Brown, they're all running the same time, if not slower, than Norman Sadler after he's done a 4.18. So yep. I think that's something that's probably going to be weighing on a few people's uh, minds. Norman you know, is probably not going to blow up on the run, even when he blitzes the bikes. So they just. They can't let him go if they want and to. He probably eased up once he kind of realised because the exciting thing. So he took off in the bike last year, didn't he? Dominated as he, as we expected, and then it was exciting to watch the race because it wasn't really until maybe a couple k to go that you, you actually mm. knew he had it, and he probably slowed down in this last couple k once he actually knew it. So you know, it probably cost him a minute or two as well. So mm. yeah, it was a great race, wasn't it? So I think yeah, everybody's thinking it's probably going to be a Norman and Chris McCormick showdown again. Uh, I think you know, if you're a betting man, that's where you'd need to put your money. On we're talking about last year's race. Okay. We're okay. doing our picks in a minute, okay. mate. Just control okay. yourself. Okay. Um, we had so Chris McCormick in second. Great run. 2.46. I think he's going to need to run a low 2.40 to, to win it, basically. Yep. Um, you look back at the times when Mark Allen's run down those big deficits, he's run as fast as 2.42. Yeah. So I think that's what it's going to take. Well, 2.42 would have won it last year. Yeah. Yep. Um, Farris put in a good steady race there in third in, in 8.19. Rudd Kabiki is always around about fourth or fifth, so it'll be interesting to see if he can step it up a gear. And Nico, there was a breakthrough race for him, wasn't it? It was, and he showed in um, Rote that he's uh, in good form. Yeah. And I don't know if it's quite his year yet. Um, he's my to mate. He's my mate. We're, we're, we're tight. Yeah. yeah. And, but I think him and Marino Van Honecker, who got sixth, I think those are the two that are really showing they're coming up, along with Luke Bell. I think those, probably those are the three. future, eh? Yeah, yeah. Those are the yeah. ones we've got to look out for. Cameron kind of blew up last year, didn't he, on the run? Yeah. Yeah. And... Who knows how he's going to go? He's had that injury leading Wait, up to we the race. We were talking about last year, okay? Oh, yeah, okay. control Cameron yourself. Brown. Getting excited. I know. <laughs> I go on those sleeves. <laughs> Chris Leado, strong biker. He finished in ninth. And Patrick Verne, who's a good, consistent racer, and he really dominated Ironman Australia this year. Yep. He was in tenth place. Yeah. And I think he's uh, he's had a couple of top tens now. So good, steady performer. And the girls' side of things, Michaela Jones took it out. Yeah, nine eighteen. Yeah, and uh, pretty good race. It was good. Um, Natasha Badman obviously didn't go so well last year with yep. uh, only managing tenth place. She she was still right there after the um, after the bike. She rode four fifty nine. Yep. Um, but really didn't put in her standard sort of run. And if she'd done that, she probably would have been right in contention. Yep. Uh, I was. I just didn't get the results last year. I just didn't understand it because, you know, Lisa, uh, Desiree Flicker, Lisa Bentley, Gina Kerr. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we always oh, get trouble for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody would have really picked them to be to be up there. Well, top five. Yeah. You know, like, sure, McKaylee, but the rest of them, it's like, yeah. yeah. Normally you expect to see, say, Joe Lorne, Kate Major up, taking out those sort of yeah. second, third placings and things like that. So, yeah, that was a really bizarre result. Um, 
Yeah, I couldn't quite get that last year. But great race by Desiree Ficker. I mean, they did the business, and, and she wasn't that far. She was six minutes behind, and, yep. and she had a really good battle with Lisa Bentley and Gina Kerr on the run. So it was you know only three minutes covering second through fourth. Looking back on last year, it was a great race. You know, sometimes in Kona you get the guy who takes off or the girl who takes off, and, you know, it's not the most exciting race to watch, is it? Whereas last year, in both fields, there was some really exciting racing happening the whole race, wasn't it? I mean, McKay Jones, she was off the front, but... She wasn't a complete domination, you know. No. She 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 was getting um, Desiree Ficker closed down a bit of time on the on the bike, and she did run faster than her, so she was closing down. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Just quickly looking at it, it's interesting with the female race. race like some women are so much stronger in the water than oh, yeah. others, whereas in guys it seems to be a lot more consistent, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, all the guys came out fifty three, fifty four. McKaylee Jones came out in 54, and the, a lot of the girls were sitting around the one-hour mark, and Natasha Badman lost 12 minutes yeah. in the swim. Crazy, yeah. It's disastrous. Crazy. Um, so on so Twitch this week, they have the top, t- well, basically top 10 from ever, eh? From, from 1978, yeah, all the so, way through. So we thought we'd look over the last 10 years. What do you want to look at, mate? Well, I just thought it was fascinating. If, if you're if you're an um, Ironman junkie and, and you love the sport... Which I'm thinking if you listen to the yeah. show. <laughs> I, I've never seen this before. I mean, I've sort of know fairly well well the results from say around about 91 all the way through to today I couldn't probably actually for short course I could probably name the world champion from every year okay from 94 94 come on uh, Spencer Smith oh great and 80 no 2000 2000 was that was come on five four three I two reckon that one. was probably Simon Lessing uh, I think you just went for the, the obvious one. <laughs> but if I had a piece of paper down, I wrote down every year. I reckon I'd get it. Oh, that's good. But anyway, um, I wouldn't because I'm ignorant. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <Bevan> the ignorant. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But it's got the top ten, and it's just fascinating stuff. Looking through some of the, the blasts from the past, I had a look at um, 1997. Okay, we we'll go back to that. 97. If you looked at 1997, the Germans took out the podium and the men. They were first. Thomas yeah. Hellriegel was first. Jürgen Zack was second. Lothar Leder was third. And there's some great names in there. And, and that year, you also had Alex Tolbert. I think he's German. Holger Lorenz is German. He was eighth. So you had five guys in the top ten that were all German. Germans just rock, don't they? Oh, they, they, they in, in the late nineties, they were just killing it, man. They were yeah. just really killing it. <clears throat> and you just go back and you see all you see a lot of the guys that have progressed through the through the years. You know, guys like Tim DeBoom. You slowly moved up the rankings, and and, and yeah, really interesting stuff. Uh, and I, I found it fascinating in the early years looking at the the Puntos sisters. There's a couple of girls. How far back we going here? Yeah, here we go. So 83. 83. These girls, uh, sisters, coming out of the swim, they both swam, one, one swam a one hour and 28 seconds, the other one swam one hour 31. Um, they didn't bike together that year, and then they basically had exactly the same run split. Wow. And the, the year before, they swam together. They biked together, and then there was only a couple of minutes separating them on the run. So, and was it always Sylvia? Was it Sylvina? Yes, yeah, Sil- Sylviane Puntos. Did she always win it? Did she? It looks like it. So, Jeez. just seeing things like that. Christmas look, dinner wouldn't have been happy at that family, eh? Looking at um, the '83 top three, you had Dave Scott, Scott Tinley, and Mark Allen going top three. Um, Nine oh five to win it back in those days. Yeah, but and then uh, looking at Scott Tinley, you know the years he won it, he beat Dave Scott to win it one year. Um, there was one year Tinley won it. Now someone was telling me how Tinley turned up because everyone else didn't. Well, he turned up in oh, 80, Scott 82. Turned up. Okay. 82. Dave Scott was there. A lot oh. of the guys apparently in that year. A lot of the guys boycotted the race because there was something to do with prize money or something. Well, in, in eighty-two, there was two races. Oh, so was that what it was? They had it in February and then they moved it to oh, October. Um, okay. So I'd imagine February, February time mightn't be the best time of the year to hold an Ironman. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I just found the original um, winner, Gordon Holder. Gordon Haller. Haller. Yeah, and the old originator himself, John Collins, was in ninth place. Oh, yeah. So they had uh, 12 finishes in 19 took them 11 years. hours and 46 minutes. Yeah. But it's brilliant stuff. Oh, he, it's he beautiful, wasn't it? He ran a 3.30, it's not too bad. Yeah. So if, you, if you're really interested in this stuff, go on to slowtwitch.com. We'll have a link to, our, uh, to it on www.mentalk as well. And I think probably another interesting thing, there is another well-known podcast. Um, Which one? With, uh, competitor Radio. Yep. And a, a lot of people probably just listen to Paul Huddle and, and think he's a bit of a hoax. And I, I knew he'd had a f- couple of top tens in um, Hawaii, but he's had some fantastic results over there. Yep. Um, you look through there, regular top ten, up to probably about fifth place, I think he got. So... Um, he does a good job, uh, you know, obviously on the, the Ironman live coverage and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, him and so. Paul Bebel, isn't it? Bob Bebel. Bob, Be- Bob Bebel, yeah. 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 So, yeah, brilliant stuff. Legends of the sport. Go through there and we can all be a little less ignorant. And, and, and let's be less ignorant <laughs> about the females. So, obviously, also, Natasha's been a dominant force in the sport. She killed you've, it. you got got... Um, what else have we got? We got? Well, you've also got, you've got Natasha and you've got Paul and you be Fraser, Fraser, who have been the two Took eight wins, didn't you? Yeah. And... Um, Interesting to see Natasha, I think her first year was, I think, probably about 96, something like yep. that, and she pushed Paul and Fraser really hard to, for that win. Yep. Um, and also you had Erin Baker, who was a fairly consistent performer over there. She won once or twice. She won twice, yeah. And uh, and then, you, yeah, you go back to the early years and you see, like, the, the Puntos sisters and... Uh, Karen Smyers. Karen Smyers has been there, won that. She's won everything. Legend. So it's all good stuff. She's sub-nine. Mm-hmm. Well, one other just quickly interesting thing was that watching how it's changed. You know, times are pretty similar, but back in the old Mark Allen, Dave Scott days, they didn't ride like they ride today, do they? No, they but they ran, ran faster. Yeah, they ran a lot faster. Whereas nowadays, you've got the Stadlers, and you know, even the the main field's still doing the four and a half. Whereas back in the Dave Scott days, they weren't doing those kind of speeds. Exactly. But they ran, you know, ten, yeah. fifteen minutes faster. Yeah. Well, ten minutes faster, maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. There. Oh, mate, we're in our we're in our element, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, so this year, what's going to happen, mate? What's your picks for the year? Well. Go guys first. Guys, I, f- I find it hard to go past Chris McCormick or Norman Stadler. My inclination is it's going to be a windy day. I think it's all, it's unlikely. The last two years have there been calm. Been. Okay, yeah. uh, so I kind of think if, if I, I think Norman Stadler, I was kind of saying Chris McCormick a couple of weeks ago, but I, the more I think about it, I think Norman Stadler, if he's in great shape, I think he'll just put too much time into them on the bike. Um, and so I think, yeah, pro- probably Norman Stadler, Chris McCormick second, and who knows for third place? I think. Give me a third. third. Give me a top uh, five. Let's go, Cameron. Cameron Brown for third. Ferris Salton fourth, and Reno Van Honecker fifth. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going with Chris. I'm going with yeah. McCormick. Yeah, I think McCormick can take it. Yeah. I think Stadler is one of those guys who's not so consistent. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking that you know he won it last year. I'm just mm-hmm. basing this more on the fact that I like Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. tight, we're mates. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going with that one. And I think McCormick, this is if this is ever if it's ever going to happen, this is his year. And uh, you know, watching the guy race and um, wrote, geez, he's hard. Mm. You know, he's hard as nails. So yeah, definitely, it will be a fest. Ah, oh, it's just so exciting. So I'm going with Chris, and then yeah, McCor- um, Norman. Norman's even going to be there, or he's not, isn't he? I reckon he's either going to be first or nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, though, because if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen for him, he pulls out, doesn't yeah. he? So, yep, um, yeah, it's hard to say. I'd love to see Cameron get up there. I'd love to see Cameron win it. Um, my top five. I'm going to go. Nico's going to go top five as well. So I've got, I've got Stadler. I go McCormick, Stadler, Sultan, Brown. Nico. Okay. Ideally, I'd love either McCormick or Brown to win. Yeah, so would I. Yep. Gill side of things? I, I don't... 
I don't know. I haven't heard enough about what McCarty Jones has been up to. Uh, we haven't got any inside word, but no. I just get the feeling she's not going to win it. I think she she's by far the most potential. Yeah, you know, showed over the last few years. She's really consistent over there. Yep. But I don't reckon she's going to win it. Okay. So um, who is going to win it? I, I think Sam McGlone is just going to take the race to those girls, and she's going to drop the hammer. If she so what, what what's made you do that? Uh, well, she's a seventy point three racer. I don't think she's going to perhaps show the race the respect that a lot of other people do. And yep. I just think she's going to go out there and race it. And if she blows up, she'll explode and she won't get anywhere. So, but I reckon she's um, potentially potentially could win it. Is Batman too old? Uh, no, I, th- I think she'll be out there. I think uh, let's, it's hard in the girls, eh? Let me go. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to put my neck out here. Go on then. I'm going to say Sam McGlone to win it. Oh, um, McKaylee Jones second, Natasha Badman third, Joe mm-hmm. Lawn fourth, and Kate Major fifth. Okay, well you know what? Just because I'm ah oh, jeepers creepers. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm struggling. I want to say Joe Lawn because she did a sub nine in road, yeah. and she's getting on top of her running. She's getting strong on a bike. I'm being biased because I'm a Kiwi, but oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lawn. I know it's a bit random, and then I'll go McKaylee. Yeah, and then I'm gonna go Batman, and then uh, Fucker and Bentley. Right, hi. Yeah, I'm playing it pretty safe. Time, really. time will tell. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. I, mean, I don't think that uh, Van Klerken's racing, the girl who won wrote. I can't see her name. No, it's a pity she's not racing, eh? She hasn't done an iron iron race, I don't think. Well, she may have qualified. No, no. She, I can't see her name there, but that would have been interesting to see how she goes over there. Yeah, because she was phenomenal in wrote. So it is a bit of a random pick, I think, for us. Yeah. I think the guys but but that's, the thing, that's the thing as well. It's like what we were saying last week. This is just an amazing field. You know, mm. you've got guys like Kieran Doe, who's just won an Ironman, you know, 30 ranked. You know, and, and just got such a strong field. You know, it's amazing. The bike is, for the guys, the bike is going to be fascinating. Yeah. Because you're going to have guys, I think, really trying not to let Norman go this year. Yeah. And, uh, and that's going to be really interesting to see whether, A, whether they can do that, and two, what consequences that has on the run, their run. But also, like, remember last year, who was it who tried to chase them down? Um, Chris Leighton. Yeah, and, and ended up blowing up in the run. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a gamble, isn't it? Mm. You know? Oh, it's. Oh! I'm so excited. Craig Alexander could be another one. Oh, to totally. Alexander? Yeah. Oh. oh, I don't know, mate. Okay, age group heaven. Kona, it's our age group heaven. <laughs> I got an email from a guy I coach over there this morning, and he, so he went out in the swim, and he got onto somebody's feet on the way back in, and uh, and he stood up at the end, and it was Mark Allen. Oh, really? And then he said as he was walking into the beach, Fernando Keller was standing there. Oh, really? That's what's cool about it, eh? So it is age group heaven. Yeah, it really is. You go over there, and everyone's out training. You've got all your stars. You're bound to see a few of the top guns when you're out riding, and, yeah. uh, and you think you're really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's got a tan. Everyone's fit. I guess an interesting topic that we're going to have on the topic of the week in a few weeks' time is where, what is the line between age groupers and pros, and, and how, how should that be differentiated, and is that something we should be doing as a sport? It's going to be something we are, we are going to cover. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting just to look at, say, last year's results. The first age grouper was in 20th place yeah. um, for the guys. I tried to scan through the females. My eyesight, as we all know, is not that great, and I was scanning through. I think the first female age grouper was uh, Tyler Stewart in 9.53, and I think she was, again, around about the 20th or so yeah, yeah. female. So when are you in age? Like, if you can put off a 20th at Kona as an age grouper, yeah. should you be a pro? 
And also, what is the, the differentiation when you're a pro turning back into an age grouper? So yeah. that's a topic we'll bring up, um, we'll bring it up further down the track. So I found this bit of news, mate. I like this one. Male casting call for a triathlete magazine, male swimsuit edition. Mm, get your kit off. Mate, I reckon I might go to Kona. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a supermodel. Oh, it's all of it. Third best in the street. It's all of it. <laughs> so a triathlete are announcing that they have sold a second casting call for their annual swimsuit issue, which will be released next summer. The shoot will take place in December the 4th. 4th to 14th in Kona, Hawaii. Triathlete is searching for one male model who must be a resident of Hawaii. Oh, there you go. Oh. You're out. Well, that's not good enough. Yeah, we didn't read that part. <laughs> I'll cover the cost of transportation to the Big Island, blah, well, I don't even care about this anymore. Let's get rid of that story. Yeah. as creepers. We, we should have a look at our Google Analytics and see how many listeners we've got in Hawaii. Well, we've got quite a few in Hawaii, I'm sure. <laughs> then we can, uh, this week we will have. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Macca is to race Silverman. That was interesting. Uh, I think this will... Ha- no, but it was ha- not really clear. Is he going to race as um, just team. one section or do the whole thing? No, you'd assume if they didn't specify that he's going to do a team that he'll do the whole thing, but I think that may well change if he races Kona. It's real soon, isn't it? In terms of his... It's no, yeah, November. So the 11th. In terms of his preparation for that race, I think it'll be largely dictated by how well he goes in Kona. Yep. If he wins Kona, I don't think he'll be giving too much of a stuff about I, racing. I, I don't really around. recall. Do they get a strong field? In no, no. So, like, surely on an easy day for him, he'll it, still take it I'm out. I'm sure he'll just be a, a performance base. He'll probably get an appearance fee or something like that. But yeah. Silverman's are going to be a really exciting race again. Uh, that's the one where they try to get a sub eight hours for the teams. Yeah. Um, a big prize money up Is for Is Bjorn doing it? Do you know? Don't know. Okay. Uh, and lastly, what do we got here? A new Ironman race set up in somewhere. Yeah, so this is going to be in North Carolina, yep. in Wilmington. Or well, not Ironman, it's Ironman Distance. Ironman Distance. Yep. So a new, new um, race battleship. looking up there. I think it's going to be in November, I think it was. Uh, so if you go to k226.com, you can see where this event is, but new Iron Distance race in North Carolina. So for all you guys who are missing out on the getting into the WTC races, there is a lot of other choice out there. Okay, last week on the show we were mentioning the draft start or the split start in Ironman Kentucky. Yeah, Mark, uh, it's Lu- we've got to, got to get it pronounced right. Yeah. Louis- Louisville, not Louis- Louisville. Yeah, Louis. We just like Lewis, because we were right. Lewis from Epic Camp. Yeah, that's right, Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so we just had a bit of clarification on um, Ironman Kentucky Swim Start. The reason they did that, we were sort of wondering why it was. They had quite a bit of flooding, and apparently the river was uh, had yep. really strong currents. So they did make apparently make the announcement quite early in the piece, not not on race day. It was a couple of days in yep. advance. And it, was, it was first in, first serve. So good old Mark Pietrofessa, who's racing Hawaii this weekend, he went down there at six o'clock, so he could be first in line. Oh, really? And somebody so literally him. first in, first serve. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, he went down actually. At, he went. Uh, what did he say? Five a.m. Uh, it was first come, first serve. Um, I could not sleep anyway, so I was in T one at five a.m. But like me last night <laughs> with the show, ran to the start and got beaten by one guy to the start. Um, second in the lineup. So second in the lineup until the bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> from, from Ryan, our, someone he did our Kona when I did Kona. Yeah, yeah. Um, get laid by thirty gorgeous women while you look, <laughs> look for the love of your life on TV. Um, he turned up with the TV cameras and everything, and they bumped him, him straight one. up to the uh, front. But he, ha- he is a respectable athlete. He's not a, just a poser. Yep. He's gone sub ten hours. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So I guess you know we slagged them off about it. We didn't slag them off. We just thought it was really sure. interesting on why they did it. But Mark said it was actually kind of cool swimming in, in, in open water for a change. Oh, true. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, it's got an experience like the pros do. Um, okay, just quickly, you've got some listening interview tips. Or what what yeah, you learned from it? Well, I was just listening to the interview the other day. Great interview. Uh, Amazing. How long? It was pretty full on. <laughs> it was a long show, eh? <laughs> um, but uh, just some really good tips that I thought came out of that is, is really learning to understand your body. And we, we've talked about this once or twice, but the, we place a lot of emphasis on heart rate monitors, power meters, and all that sort of stuff. But they are tools to teach you how to use your body correctly. And that's why a lot of the top pros don't use them these days, because they know their bodies intuitively. Yep. Um, so that's a, that's a point that I thought was really good. So, so when you're training, you really want to be using those tools, but also getting the understanding eh? exactly and through that. Yeah, and also when you're racing in the early years, when you until you have had a really good race, um, and, and ensuring that you control your pace on the bike, I think yep. those tools can be really useful. But after you've been doing that for a while, it should come relatively intuitive, and you should be able to control that without looking down. Or you still have those things on, and you look down, and you go, "Yeah, that's about what I thought I was doing." So, yep. it's really important to learn about what you're doing. I thought his point on loyalty to sponsors was um, was really good, and yep. perhaps something we haven't talked about a lot. We've talked yeah. about how to get sponsorship, but a really good point where you, you associate somebody with a brand that they've been with for a very long time. It was like if Michael Jordan went to Reebok. <clears throat> exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, which just wouldn't have worked, would have it? No. Yeah. And... Probably the third thing he, he sort of talked about was having fun when you're training. You know, uh, you, you've got to figure out what what rocks your boat a little bit, and uh, and make sure you you do enjoy your training. Nice. So our hot topic of the week this week it went a little bit funny. Was it going to be a stop sign? No. Sometimes no. he puts out the hand for me to stop. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't the stop sign. So we uh, so last week we talked about this. This is a tough one. Which is more prestigious, an ITU long distance championship medal or the WTC's 70.3 medal. And I'm not sure if some people got a little bit confused about, <clears throat> as soon as we mentioned ITU, whether they thought we were talking about ITU drafting. Yeah. So what we were talking about is the ITU World Long Champs, course championship. Long course champs, yeah. which is non-drafting race, and the 70.3. Okay. One you, for one. You want to start? I'll start. You can just go on. It's a hard question to answer between the new and old... Old? Old? It's meant odd. to be old. No. Odd. Okay. The new and odd ITU long distance. Okay. In the past, I would have gone with the ITU over any new startup series, but such 73, but yeah, it's really not so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, 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 I guess another point of confusion could be that ITU used to have the 3K, 120K, uh, oh, 30K, okay, and then this year they changed okay. it, and next year they're changing it back because so many people got pissed off. Oh, really? Did they? Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Yep. And Bob, that was a, it was a really useful comment you put on there. Um, <laughs> but the purpose of the blog is to actually debate the issue at hand. And not Bob, gave me, Bob gave me some shit, didn't he? Yeah, he said Bevan didn't know all the stuff, but Bevan hasn't been in the sport as long as, as long as I have and as long as a lot of people have. So we're providing a free service. And if you don't like it, don't listen. <laughs> and then uh, G Sports got Bob dishing out the biff, loving it. Um, Jim Jim Flynn says seventy point three is much more prestigious. ITU is a draft fest; it turns into just a running race. Uh, nice uh, chance is basically saying I think seventy point three ITU is a weird distance. I'm not even sure what it is. Not Olympic, not half. Uh, although my opinion doesn't mean much since I've only been racing triathlon for four years. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Bob actually got a bit of a telling to afterwards. Did, yeah. <laughs> Fian says, old style ITU would have got my vote, but now I'd say 70.3 purely as the calibre of athletes is higher in Clearwater. Okay. Nice. Daniel was saying, really difficult. Both medicals, medals indicate a good performance. Don't see the prestige as they're not amongst the races that attract the best athletes in the world, which is pretty true. Uh, for attracting sponsors, triathlon long distance world champ sounds pretty great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a pretty fair comment, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
T-Rex. T-Rex. There are only two real worlds, um, aren't there, in triathlon. Kona and the Olympic distance world champs. Clearwater slash ITU long distance are only as important as the hackathon slash sprint titles, which are held at the same time as the Olympic distance worlds. Oh. T-Rex from Scotsman. Scotland. Oh, Scotland. Jeez, we're over the place, aren't we? Uh, Gabble, are they really... Are they really comparable? For me, 74.3 demands more respect as it's a pure triathlon with no drafting. Here's a drafting thing came in. Uh, you'd say you'd need to choose which game you wish to play if you go for that. So yeah, the drafting was a bit confused here. Here for me, drafting event is not what triathlon is about. So anyway, uh, it's Jacob. Cool. And he's from the Netherlands, but Danish in nationality. Oh, nice. Beautiful. What is all this talking about ITU, uh, drafting an ITU world long course from Douglas Steele? Um, so he, he's bringing up that point that Long course is not drafting. Yep. He did uh, Laurent ITU long course world champs this year. Yes, I saw some drafting happening, but it wasn't penalised, but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as what he heard about what was happening in the draft fest in Clearwater. Yep. He's glad the ITU have gone back to the Nice distance, which is a 4K swim, 120K bike, 30K run. But now it's changed again, you're saying? That, that's, oh, that's, that's what, what going originally okay, was. Sorry. Changed it this okay. year, going back to that this year. Um, and he's also drawing on the competition within the race. Um, Ed Hawkins saying 70.3 for me. It's what I'm training for. 73.3 should be a level playing field uh, at the finish. Uh, the triathlete, yes, triathlete, who swims the best, cycles and runs, comes home for the money. Uh, it's ITU. Okay, yep, he's going with that same thing again. Matt Cardi says for me the, the full distance ITU... Go. Yep. Long course carries more weight than the 70.3. Um, he says that the 70.3 champs are too close to Kona to get a really good quality field. And, yeah, he basically thinks uh, ITU long course is better. Vince brings up a couple of good points. He's saying at heart uh, 70.3 is fun, and he prefers it because he's in a swimmer. So he prefers it to the nice distance 4K swim. Uh, but real triathletes probably prefer to do the ITU long course because the swimmer has a significant proportion of the entire race. And Ironman and 70.3, it's really just a quick splash around for a warm-up and a race, yeah, which is yeah, probably pretty true, eh? Yep, I yeah. agree with that. Yep. Uh, Rich Coleman says, I both view them both as what they truly are, poor relations to Kona. Uh, Bevan James Isles <laughs> I actually put a comment on there replying to Bob's if you want to go onto the uh, blog feel free to go read that um, Pete basically saying oh, oh okay yeah, he's just supporting me there really nice <laughs> but he did give me some crap he said uh, have I ever heard a croc and to be honest I hadn't heard a croc croc is Brad Bevan from Australia oh okay well, I heard Brad Bevan I didn't know his nickname was croc but then I replied and I put silly question everyone knows who croc is it's a pity he died but he got stung by the stingray <laughs> I thought I was funny yeah you and you alone <laughs> did, you get, did you get laugh when you read it I was in tears. Oh, good, good. you got to read that with Clive's. Clive, um, the ITU race, uh, simply the history behind the event and look at the names who have won it at one time or another, Lessing, Allen, etc. Whilst the 70.3 remains in Clearwater, it is simply a long draft race with a big field. Mm, interesting. Uh, Rolo, Rolo 35, well not 35, it must be his forum name, eh? Um, let's see how Clearwater goes this year. He's a good point. Last year was a big draft fest joke. Uh, I qualified this year in Germany for 70.3, but he's not going to go. I'll see how it will develop. I would like to see, oh, okay, the Bob thing. <laughs> Yeah, we love you too, John. That's what he's saying. There's lots of, yeah. And he's, he's so happy with that, he's posted it twice. Yep, love that. And that's about... And then there's more Bobs. <laughs> more people slagging Bob. Good old Bob. Sorry, Bob, we didn't mean to hit you. Well, he started it. <laughs> he started it. Um, so your thoughts? My thoughts is I think a few people brought up really good points here. Um, firstly, I think both of them don't carry that much prestige at this yep. stage. Uh, 
I, I agree that I think it was T-Rex said the two races that really matter are Kona and the ITU short course worlds. Oh, and the Olympics. And the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my feeling is that <coughs> just on a personal level, and I haven't got a great amount of justification for this, I would be proud of getting a ITU World Long Course medal, than oh, yeah. a 70.3 medal, because I like the distance. I think it's a fairer distance, and I think there's a lot less chance of, of drafting at the ITU World Champs as opposed to Clearwater. I think Clearwater is going to be another disaster this year, yeah. and I just think it's going to be a complete draft fest. Uh, so that's sort of my reasoning. So I think while the 70.3 Champs stays in Clearwater, I don't really care too much for the results there. And I think at the ITU World Long Distance Champs, Yes, the years they hold it on a flat course, they probably will get a little bit of drafting, but I don't think it's going to be as much as Clearwater. So my vote is going with the ITU champs at this stage. See, at this stage, I, well, I'm kind of 50-50, but I think 70.3 is going to be the race. Uh, I think the field they got last year was probably a little bit stronger than what they got the ITU. Mm-hmm. Um, and while... Uh, I agree, it was a draft fest and it was a joke. I think they will get on top of that. Currently, so I'm kind of like 50-50. I think this year, surely they'll be better on top of the drafting. Yeah, you, you know, Because so. it's just given this, the race such a bad name, hasn't it, going yeah. into it? So um, I, I could go either way. If I was to win either, what would I want to win? I think, to be honest, I'd go with 70.3 because I think eventually the prestige of the race will be better and it'll yeah. be looked a lot stronger. You'll get a lot more coverage from that. Yeah. Um, but I think... At an age group level, the reason I was asking for countries, I would have thought that a lot of the Euro athletes would carry a lot more prestige in terms of the ITU because it's a bit more traditional. Yep. Um, I suppose it's a bit anti-American as well. The 70.3 oh, champs, <laughs> 70.3 champs are always going to be held in America, and it's probably viewed as an American thing. So I would have thought that would. Have I love been America, and I think yeah, at an age group level, it, it may be. I haven't had a really good analysis of it. The, the ITU World Champs might be a little bit. Top heavier than say the oh, okay. 7.3 champs. Yep, yep. So yeah, it's really interesting. Good comments, you guys. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, so this week, being Kona super special, we're keeping it pretty simple. What is your top five for Kona in both the female and male field? Who's going to take it out? We've already done ours. So yep. and we've actually already got someone up here. Yeah. Yep. So very good. Oh, any talk about the rugby this week? What rugby? rugby? Is it rugby on? Was, I don't know. There's some, some rugby? Some tor- tournament on somewhere. I think. Rugby, I don't even I don't know. Rugby, what's the game? But, but, but interestingly, at the weekend, ITU World Cup, Chris Gimmel won the race for New Zealand. So we just show all we care yes. about is trying. We won on the weekend. We exactly. won big time on the weekend. We, that's all we care about. <laughs> so that's a pretty long news. Half an hour for news. And, oh, it's kind of super special. It's kind of super special. There we go. That's our news and our blog update for this week. Age Grouper of the Week. John just got me to maximise the page because it's a bit small for him. Yeah. So as we, as we know, I went off to my little camp in Poland early this year to a place called Augusto, which Augusto. is on the uh, right-hand side of Poland, mm. up on the border to sort of Lithuania and around Belarus and stuff. So nice, nice little place to train. And there's a, there's a fairly hardened group of athletes around there, triathletes and, and athletes of all sort of shapes and forms. And they're not. it's not a particularly well-off part of Poland, yep. and uh, and so we've got a fellow this week who's our age grouper of the week. Uh, I'll probably get this name pronunciation wrong, but Pietro Curio. I think um, it pretty well. And he ran from Augusto to Athens, and it took him six weeks to get there. Oh. It's around about two and a half thousand kilometres long. Yep. Uh, 
But on the way, he decided to have a couple of rest days. Yep, keep going. And he decided to participate in the Spartathon. The Spartathon. The Spartathon is a race that goes from Sparta to Athens, I think. And I think it's around about uh, 250 kilometres, something like that. Yep. Just a little stroll in the park. So he did did that as part of his run. And he finished second in that race. And it is a reasonably prestigious race. So he's running 58 k's a day. Yeah. He started his trip to Greece. 58 k's a day. Every day. With only 600 euros um, for the whole sort of journey. 58 k's a day. Every day for six weeks. It's pretty solid. Oh, man. During during his travel there, he did a few little tourist um, diversions. So he ended up actually making 3,500 kilometres. Oh, wait a second. Up's handy. I'm putting this in the calculator. You keep talking. (laughs) So um, having such a small amount of money, he only managed to eat bread and milk. (laughs) (laughs) And his luggage... uh, 83 k's a day. Yeah. And his luggage he was carrying (laughs) in a little trolley that he was pulling behind him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, and after reaching Greece, he topped it off by going up to the, into the mountains for 10 days altitude training just shortly before the race, and then he went down and did the, the Spartathon. Um, into, he came into the hotel with long hair and, and a Forrest beard. Gump, hey, it's Forrest Gump. I've been running, man. I've just been running. Run, Forrest, run. Um, and his appearance just confused some competitors, and then he smashed them and got second place. Um, oh, that's sensational. Massive big PB. And, Seven hours by PB. And then he... Uh, drive someone to do that. Yeah. 83 k's a day. Yeah. So you're basically running all day, aren't you? Exactly. That's like 10 hours of running, isn't it? Yeah. More. Well, it depends. How day in, day out. Yeah, day in, day out. He's probably going pretty crazy pace, so pretty Man. solid. And then um, well, free to milk for the. For the he's also got, <laughs> that's hardcore. Eh? He's got a few other things planned. He's going to go do a hundred k race in Egypt. Oh, that's and, nothing for him. And then he's going to run from Augusto to Brussels, which is twelve hundred kilometers. So. Swarm up. Yeah, he's like the what's the, that fellow called? Um, the marathon man. Marathon man. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I reckon this guy would probably run more than that. Exactly. That's unbelievable. Three thousand five hundred k's. In 42 days. Just needs to write a book and he'll be rich and then he'll be able to have more than uh, water and milk. And he just caught the real Forrest Gump. It's exactly. Because that would sell, wouldn't it? Yeah. We should get onto it for a mate. We should go over there and do a documentary. Would you do that? Would you do something stupid like that? No. So what do you think drives someone to that? Actually, one was going to be, I was listening to another podcast the other day called uh, Smodcast, which is Kevin Smith, who's uh, quite a well-known director, which you won't know, but... Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's kind of like a lazy guy, you know, big and fat. And and, uh, and he's saying, he was, they were talking about Iron Man and they are saying... Mm. Why would somebody do this? Why would you do an Iron Man? And and um, and you know now we're looking at this guy thinking why would you do that? And I think maybe what we'll do for a hot topic in a few weeks is actually why do you do the sport? Because mm. you know yeah, we've got to be truthful about that. But I think there's some deep rooted reasons why some yeah. people do endurance sports. <laughs> yeah, it's um trying to well we'll find out in a few weeks. So anyway, that's uh, say his name again. Uh, Pietro Corleo from Augusto, Poland. You are uh, age, age group, group of, of the week. week. One, two, three, four, high five. Oh, continuing on with the Kona, Kona Super Special. Oh, it's, a, it's the best time of the year. It's so exciting, I'm just going to go away on holiday and I'm not even going to see it. <laughs> you, you won't be able to see it. I'll, I might sneak off. I just need to go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> see you in nine hours. Uh, anyway, I thought I'd just come up with five quick tips for, for, for the guys racing in Kona. Um, perhaps one. Just, one just a little help you through your day slightly. Okay. Number one. Expect to be, get the crap beaten out of you the whole way around the swim. Yep. Um, we talked to Scott about that, Scott Molina, a little while ago, and you know, there's, there's a fairly high chance of that happening. So 
really important that you focus on what you're doing and not necessarily what's going on around you because what can often happen if you're getting the crap beaten out of you, you start lifting your head, everything starts to turn to custard so you're going slowly because people are beating the crap out of you and you're not actually managing to swim very fast because you're focusing on all those things around there. So just accept it's going to happen. Um, take it. Take the pain and uh, and just pain. try to keep your stroke together as well as you possibly and can. And also also um, be realistic that you're going to have a slower swim because there's no wetsuit. Exactly. Yeah, yep. totally. Um, chew on the first hour of the bike. Just take it nice and easy. You know, it's really crucial that you don't get on the bike, especially you get out of the water. In Kona, you've got big crowds. You get out yeah. of the water and you've got some quick climbs out of town and uh, you get a bit excited and uh, just control yourself, the race really doesn't begin to and, later in the day. And that is across the board from the pros all the way back to age groupers. I think Kona, so much more than any other race, people just crucify themselves in the first hour because they think it's so important to be with the X person or they're racing for yep. a medal or they're racing for a high position. So it's such a long race. It's all going to be about the run. Unless I've gone, yeah. gone to tip number five already. Oh, don't, um, go, don't but, go to that, mate. But yeah, really control the pace in the first hour of the bike and go a lot easier than what you probably feel you can go. Yeah, okay. Number three. Number three, uh, it is a hilly course, so really on the, both the bike and the run, it's important to moderate your efforts on the climbs and don't try to surge and drop people on climbs. Um, just put it into a small gear on the bike and spin up those climbs. Try to avoid those power spikes. And likewise on the run, uh, I think another good point that Scott made a little while ago is very easy to get overheat, overheat on, the, on the climbs, especially, say, running up Palani Hill. Yep. It's a reasonably long hill. If you really push it up there, you can overheat, and it's quite hard to actually to cool your body back down again so, so just chill on the hills and also focus on your technique on the hills mm. focus on good running technique which will make you more efficient uh, pour water over your body in T2 or end of bike to wash the crap off your face avoid pouring huge amount of water over you at the start of the run wet shoes and socks which leads to blisters yeah so you, you get very heavy shoes quickly if, yeah. if you go out at, you know what I'm sort of saying there is yeah Try to get yourself a little bit refreshed coming at, coming either off the bike or in T2. Um, and when you start the run, um, yeah, it's going to be really hot. But if you do just pour bucket loads of water over you, just going down Alehi, you are going to get some extra weight on early on. Which you one thing, one thing I always do um, is I they give you ice and I chuck that into my cycle shorts yeah. or my, my tri shorts and it actually just melts on your legs slowly as you're running along. And that's quite a nice way of keeping yourself cool without having too much water running down your body because mm. you get heavy shoes, mm. you know, it's like, and it just feels like crap and a sludge, sludge, sludge. Yeah. And also lots of people put lots of hoses out of their houses yeah. um, on the run, so just be aware if you don't want to be wet, um, yeah. be really clear about that. And another thing to do, sponges are good um, and try to keep your face clean. So that's quite refreshing. Instead of pouring huge amounts of water all over your body, mm. Just giving your face a nice clean with a sponge, and hopefully that water won't sort of trickle down onto your, your shoes too quickly. Yep. Um, but that's another key. And, and have a hat. Have a hat, yep. yeah. Or a visor of some description. Mm. Number five, the it's one. all about the run. Yep. In Kona, well, in Kona, I think especially, I think at most Ironman races, your race is going to be decided by how well you run. But I think Kona, even more so, is you see so many people exploding to pieces on the run. Yep. So I think you know all your race needs to be centred around having a good, strong run, and that means taking it a bit easier on the bike. Yep. Totally. So I think that's probably the... I've got a tip number six, which you have done six. Well, we haven't really gone too much into the things you need to look out for in the race day, but last year, coming into Kona, we did a really good Super Kona special. On earthquakes. On earthquakes, <laughs> that's why we did too. But also, just we gave more probably training tips and stuff, didn't we? Yeah. So I think if you want to listen to some of that stuff, also listen to Scott's interview, um, which, yeah. which you can find in previous shows. 
Um, if, if you're there in Kona this week and you've got any last-minute things you're concerned about, which hopefully you haven't because it's now, you know, race week, but um, feel free to go listen to that. No. So what would be probably be about episode number 28 or something like that? Yeah. Rough, roughly about a year ago. Go back to the archive from last year, yep. probably around about episode 28, something like that, yep. 20, Kona 26. Kona yep. Super Special. We actually did two last year. And then we did about three posts, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we yep. went on and on. So, uh, so sweet. Uh, so it's a high five for this week. Beautiful. Website of the week. My flatmate was listening to the podcast every week, and they, yeah. uh, she loved their intros. Yeah, yeah, everybody, was, loves, everybody loves the intros. I think it's the main reason people listen to me. I honest. think so. It was beautiful. So uh, we're going back to basics this week, haven't we? I'm wondering if I can actually put this on our website without getting in trouble. Don't don't put the logo. But like it's referring to theirs. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Anyway, Ironman.com. Back to basics. We, we know you probably all know about Ironman.com. But it's a big week on Ironman.com, isn't it? It is. Uh, and we, we regularly slag them off um, for, <laughs> for not doing a good job. But the coverage of Kona, if you haven't seen it before, really is fantastic. Yeah, they deliver. They, yep. they do deliver on the big stage. Yep. And unlike the All Blacks. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, they, they, they have full live coverage all day. They've got a great team of reporters, all, basically all past champions. Yep. Like, Paul Huddle's not a past champion, but he's there all day. Bob Babbitt knows his stuff. Yep. Greg Welsh, Paul Newby Fraser. They get all the big names in and heavy yarn, don't they? Yeah, so really good coverage. And uh, yeah, I'd suggest you know getting on there and watching it. Watch the start and probably go back a couple of times and watch parts of the bike if you don't want to watch the whole thing. Yep. But the last couple of hours of the race are generally pretty um, generally pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, don't expect to see much coverage of the age groupers, to be, to be honest. I think yep. they'll probably will try to improve that a little bit. But the race really is live coverage all the way around the course of the pros, giving you a lot of splits and things like that. So if you are uh, if you're trying to support someone there, if you know what kind of time they finish, once the kind of pros have finished, uh, they tend to just put the camera on the finish line and people coming through. So um, if you want to, if you know your mate's going to be there and going to do like maybe an eleven hour Ironman, you can kind of figure out what time and hopefully you can kind of sit on. Like when I did Kona, my family came saw me come in. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool, and some of my friends did. Um, I'm not sure if they do this this year, but when I did Kona, my friend Slam I am actually got um, text updates of how I was going throughout the day. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll have that again. Yeah. Um, so they do those. You know, Ironman's not a huge sport, and so they kind of have to be really good with this. And uh, I, I do think they kind of lead the way in a lot of ways with this stuff, don't they? I do. I think, as we've discussed before, I think they could be a little bit better in the athlete tracking. Um, yep. But I think that's something they'll, they'll work on. But I think for them, it's a massive marketing opportunity in terms of coverage for their sponsors. And I think that's an area where they could improve. Yep. Um, I know it's not a massive sport globally, but I think you know when you've got people that are potentially going to be coming onto the site for a good say four hours yeah. at a time to watch I think you've got massive potential there to give well last year I did I watched the whole race last year well no I missed maybe the first no I think I was, I was up by the time the swim started yeah. I watched pretty much the whole race and uh, I was, it was a great day like you know yeah it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting so, ironman.com October the 13th yeah. um, Hawaii time that's why we're here course record course record 4 I mean 4 <laughs> as fast a year that was 80408 from uh, Luke Van Leer and Paul and Yubi Fraser in 1992 855 that's uh, impressive that's impressive eh? uh, I think it's our job that I think we've got to try to get the female and male winner an interview with them by the end of the year okay is that a goal yeah as long so, as they speak English okay so you can translate because you can speak some different uh, language yeah. how's yeah. your Italian going a little slowly I'm getting there though are you still in your course 
I am, but I missed the last couple of weeks. I've been mm. away. Commitment, mate. Mm. Commitment. Mm. So ironman.com, check it out. Sunday or Saturday, depending on where you are. October the 13th, I should say. Yeah. Uh, it's the place to be. They've got some links and stuff on their front page at the moment saying what's happening this week. Uh, I imagine they'll put interviews up throughout the week. Uh, great website this week, I tell you. So get on it. Mm. Nice. What else we've got coming up? Let's go. We're going to move on to Product, Product Review Center. Now, I couldn't open the website. Can you? No. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't type it right. Anyway, um, artoftry.com. Uh, it's just going to be a brief product review centre this week because we have talked about them before, but they are going to be over in Kona. Uh, if you go, don't worry about the website. Oh, well, I'm just trying to do my bit. <laughs> artoftry.com. Uh, Toby is going to be going over to Hawaii. He's going to be at Hawaiian pet, the Hawaiian pedal shop, which is on Alihi Drive. Yep. Which is also, I assume you already know. Yeah, which is on Alihi Drive. Uh, <laughs> he's running his expo from Monday the 8th all week up until stocks run out. Sorry. <laughs> Angry, John, Angry John is entering the house. <laughs> Um, you won't like me when I get angry. <laughs> he's got some hoodies but so, um, <clears throat> starting to run low because they've been so popular. <clears throat> he's got some new designs he's working on. And uh, yes, yeah, so artoftry.com, but the guys over that over in Kona go along to Hawaiian Pedals and you can check out the stuff in person. Don't die on me, mate. Mm. Don't die on me. Um, but we've, Toby we've, sent us over a couple of uh, hoodies. Oh, yep, yep, and we've, uh, we've worn them. I love the hoodie. <clears throat> the hoodie's awesome, eh? It's bloody warm. For you guys going warm, into... Warm, but fashion, fashion. I don't care about warmth. Fashion. I've ever been cold and cool. Oh, man. <laughs> it is really good stuff, uh, especially for you guys going to the Northern Hemisphere now. starting to chill off a bit. Really cool hoodies. Um, again, I'll, I will say they are quite they're fitted, fitted tops. So yep, yep. If, if you've got any doubts about your sizing or anything like that, just contact Toby before um, before your order and just sort of maybe say your, your, your sizes and he'll, he'll help you out. And, and one thing, just a, th- a quick thing on the uh, how to try stuff, is it's cotton material, so it does shrink a little bit when you wash it. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that when you think of your <clears> sizes. Um, the reason yeah. we like Art of Try so much is it is organic cotton. He's putting back into the sport. He's helping out um, charities in terms of developing the sport of triathlon. Um, and he's really working on a green company, and uh, and we really like that. So have actually got some other product coming from another company over yeah. the next as well. It's exciting times on the gear front. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. I'll put some more music Come. on because it's that exciting time because people like the music. Mm. Mini Coaches Corner. <laughs> <laughs> that, music, that music was called Big Island. It was. We should have put that at the start of the show. Yeah, we should uh, have. Normally, this probably would have gone under questions and answers, but I wanted to have a Coaches Corner today. So, okay. Just so um, you look like you've done your work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think a couple of people have asked me about it, and Matthew Shapiro sent me in an email as well saying he's running a marathon, um, I think it was last weekend, saying should I wear a fuel belt or not. Yep. Um, and so I think... A lot of people seem to have this dilemma on whether they should or they shouldn't use a fuel belt. Um, and so I just thought I'd quickly go through the advantages and sort of my recommendations. Okay. So basically, if, you, if you're going to be wearing a fuel belt, um, I'd suggest wearing a fuel belt because Vinu was the guy who started um, the whole fuel belt thing. Yeah, buying the brand, you mean, yeah. instead of buying some cheap warehouse. Yeah, and I think lots of people are trying to rip it off at the moment. And uh, and he's the man who's put a lot of money into the marketing and everything. And, and he's kind of made it the product, doesn't he? Yeah. Support the garage. Support fuel belt. Yep. Um, so the advantages when you we are going to wear a fuel I've belt. I've got a fuel belt by the record. I've got the good one. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, the advantages you get to use your own product on the course. Um, 
a big one, especially perhaps more so when you you may be running a marathon as opposed to Ironman. You don't have to fight through the crowds to get to an aid station. Oh, Typically point. on Ironman, it's spread out enough that you should be able to get to, to your, your cups and stuff without too yeah. much fight. But in a marathon, um, when you've got those thousands and thousands yeah. of people, it is, is quite a hassle. Uh, in terms of um, nutrition, you don't have to sit there opening your gels and spill them, which is sometimes a bit of an issue when you're running. Yep. And another point, you don't have to worry about <clears throat> special needs or anything like that. You can basically carry your stuff for the in- entirety of the run. What do you think, Bevan? I'll have a sip. <laughs> um, I used uh, Feel Belt in my first couple of <clears throat> Ironman, and, uh, and then I found both times about halfway through the run, when I saw my family, I was just I just chuck it off. Yep. And... Um, uh, I don't like the weight of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a broadcasting professional. Well, I, I try. Le- leading on to the disadvantages, <laughs> the main reason why you wouldn't wear a fuel belt is the weight. Um, it does load your hips down a little bit. When you hold it in your hand, you might not think that's that, that, it's that much, but what I'd encourage you to go and do is when you go out for a little run, wear your fuel belt with everything loaded up, then take it off, and you'll notice quite a big difference. Yeah. So that's really the big trade-off is... Uh, is the weight and the other thing I'd just say with the disadvantages you just need to put a few more gels in there if you're carrying gels in the bottles um, add in an extra gel because you're going to get a lot sort of caught on the sides of the bottle and you won't be able to squeeze it all out so yeah and, and if you're going to use gel make sure you use a gel that's quite light yeah uh, as it's not too thick because uh, the fuel belt nozzle sometimes won't get a thick one through or add water to it as a way to make exactly. it cleaner so, so in general, my advice would be if you can go without, um, go without. Yeah. Um, if, if as long as you're fine with the product they're providing on the course, um, purely because of that weight issue. And if you are going to go with one, go with a fuel belt one, and then support the news company. Yeah, and if you are going to go with one, you need to train with it on every time you do a long run. Yeah. You know, you need to. It basically needs to become a part of your training run. Exactly. Because okay. if you don't do it, and then come race day. And it can also, for some people, depending on what your arm action is doing, you may end up whacking the fuel belt. Um, yep. So you may need to have it on a different angle or something like that. Or, or there's a couple of different styles of fuel belt. You can get some with four bottles, some yep. with two. Yep. So you need to have a bit of a play around with that. And it's a message you're, you're going to hear from us all the time is don't try anything new on race day. Um, so I will use a fuel belt in training. So if I do a yep. long three-hour run or something, um, and you know when you go training, you're not going to find anywhere to get food or exactly. water. So I will use a fuel belt in training, but yep. race day I tend not to. One other thing is that... Um, you may want to put Vaseline around the fuel belt to mm-hmm. stop um, chafing because um, sometimes, you're t- you know, we always been triathlon tops where we, so we can show our abs off. And uh, <laughs> I've never had them. Come on, mate. I saw you in your knickers. Where was the <laughs> top we had with your Speedos on? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely chuck some Vas around because, you know, if you're going to be doing an Ironman, you're running a marathon, you know, if you start to rash in the last part of the run, yeah. you know, you, you're ultra aware of every part of pain in your body, aren't you? And that could be a real frustration. So, so I think that's a really good point. You're, you're definitely using fuel belts and, and the like in, in training. Um, and then for racing, my suggestion would be if you can get by without, get by without. But again, if you're someone who's real anal with your um, fuel, then this is the way to go. Mm. Okay, uh, questions and answers. Okay. Sh- uh, Big Shim. Big Shim from Chicago. Chicago. Hope all is well. As always, great show this week. I've switched my day off to Wednesday so that I can listen to you guys while I bike on Tuesdays. Beautiful. Anyway, I was wondering about the following. Are you going to be doing a Hawaii <laughs> preview Kona show next week? Oh, Kona Super Special. You listen to it right now. Yeah. Have you heard anything about using chocolate milk for recovery? 
I haven't done my piece here in terms of really looking into it. I think it's good. Uh, obviously, it's going to help you with your hydration. I think you replied to this. Yeah, you? I said it's, it's good sugar. So if you've really got no energy, if you get home and it's good sugar, you know, it's it's not the great recovery drink. There's, the, the, sure, it's milk's protein, but it's not the greatest protein, and you're not going to be able to drink enough where it's a huge recovery. Mm. Kind of, and, you know, so you probably have to have a protein shake. Exactly. Um, and, you could uh, have a chocolate-flavored protein shake. Yeah, totally. So I'd probably go more with that option than just having chocolate yeah. milk. Chocolate milk is basically just sugar yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. But uh, I was reading a, a, an interview with Craig Alexander, and he drinks chocolate milk all the time after training. Oh, there you so go. You so be well. like Craig. Well, let's go. And lastly, what, yeah, this is a good one, actually. So last a few weeks ago, we were talking about, on the, the greatest show ever, yep. we were talking about how old John was going to picture of Eminem and Nickers for us. <laughs> How'd that go? I, I did bring it up with her, <laughs> and she laughed, and that's all she said. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Disappointing. We'll have to give her hassles next time she's on the show. Yeah. Uh, as for the discussion, I feel that finishing is an accomplishment. I don't know what that's about. Oh, you take either medal. There you go. Uh, what else we got here? We've got Peter. This is just a link we're going to put up on the site through to YouTube. Yep. Um, it's a really good old classic coverage from a race here in New Zealand that was probably held probably in the 80s, run by a guy called Robin Judkins who runs the, the coast, oh, coast to coast. coast yep. And it's old school stuff. It's called the, the Fresh Up Iron Man, which is held down near Queenstown. Was it an Iron Man? It wasn't an Iron Man, but it was an Iron Man. They called it an Iron Man, so that's why I thought it's relevant for this. Yeah. Um, but they did all sorts of crazy stuff. There's amazing footage of them kayaking down these rapids that you just wouldn't believe. Really? They got dropped on the top of a mountain, and a helicopter had to ski down and do all this. So it was adventure racing, yeah. wasn't it? Adventure racing, but yeah. they called it an Iron Man. Uh, fascinating stuff. But I thought it was also a really interesting point. It was from the 80s. Robin Judkins is just like a nutter. He's, yeah. just, he's gone on. He runs the race we've talked a lot of in the show called um, Coast, Coast to Coast. Coast. Yeah. Yep. But just some of the things they were doing, that just wouldn't happen these days just because of um, Your safety, eh? safety issues. Yeah. But it's just hardcore stuff. <laughs> Death waiting to happen, eh? Oh, yeah. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. Especially for you Kiwis. I think you'll really enjoy it. You go onto YouTube and you'll be able to get it. Um, Gary Figgins sent through, which I believe is probably the best race in the world. Yes, so you did, Bevan's back in training for it. Yeah, it's called the Mullet Man Triathlon, and uh, I can't actually pull up the website. Where's the website? Oh, well. So you sent it through. It's, it's somewhere in the world. There's an event called Some, the Mullet Man. Somewhere in the States, and there's some special division for mullets. I actually think I should write to the organiser and see if they can send me over. Because yes. I could be like an honorary, honorary yeah. mullet man. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. Cool. Just a quick, a couple of quick things. Um, Big Shim actually was asking if there's any information on anaerobic books. Now, when I used to study, I had all that kind of stuff, but I, I tend to have forgotten it all, and so I'll just throw it away and stuff. So, if anyone knows of really good anaerobic books, um, Big Shim would love to know about them. So, if you could email them to us, that'd be really great. Um, and those are just things we can talk about later. Yeah. So, sponsors. Okay. First thing is, pull that up. I think um, I have. Athlinks.com. That one there. That one there. Yep. Some big changes to the profile. Oh, More coming man. next week. Looking really so, good, actually. Yeah, Athlinks mm. is uh, is updating some of the stuff in terms of making sure they deliver better things to you guys. Yep. So, as you may have noticed, there are some big changes on your Athlinks profile page as of today. Yep. Please take a moment to read below and take note of the changes to help you best use the site. First point is latest race results. We have moved your latest race results out of the general action ticker. Yeah. Place them on the top of your page. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. 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 Great. And it's uh, its own container to highlight the most recent races you have completed in. You'll soon be able to pick exactly which races you want to highlight. The action ticker by date to better highlight and organise your latest entries in Athlinks. We have grouped your action ticket entries and those of your friends by date. Nice. Cool. Yep. Um, they updated the the friend group listings. 
They've also updated the Friends action ticker, where it's moved based yep. on feedback from and from their own observations. The Friends tick, ticker feature now goes confusing. to a Friends page. Nice, yeah, yep. you've been doing Good. your piece here yep, yep. and tracking your fin- Friends results. This is still in t- uh, testing, but works much better nonetheless. You can access it by clicking on My Friends and then View Friends Results. Now, obviously, the guys at um, Athlinks love made the changes because of feedback that you've given to them. So, if you want to keep giving through feedback to help them improve the site, basically for you, mm. you know, so that um, it makes it more usable for us who actually use it, um, feel free to send them an email. Um, I'm not sure if we've got... They've got to contact us. Most of it, I think when you're all joined up, you've probably got Andrew as your friend. Yep. <laughs> Andrew's everybody's friend. Yep. Uh, you can just contact Andrew or go through their contact page and uh, and they'll take those on board and um, make the changes. But it's coming to the end of the season, so if you're a new listener to the show or you haven't really been keeping on top of it, send them all the races. Um, if, if you've got races that aren't up there, get all your results claimed and then you're done and dusted for, your, for the you season. You know, and there's a lot of social networking sites now, but this is really great because it's really focused on athletes and it's you know you know what us athletes are like we're anal about stupid things like race results and our gear and comparing each against each that's other right as <laughs> yeah, you do and uh so yeah check out athletes if you're not already on there get on there because it's going to change your life mm. next up we'll go with coffees of hawaii and remember just following on from last week uh if you, for those guys over in kona they're going to have the kona hawaii sailing canoe going to be anchored out around about 700 meters i saw a picture of it yeah i saw yeah. that too <laughs> cool. so, it's, it's looking cool they're going to have like a little it's really cool eh? it's like a little catamaran with a trampoline type thing yeah. in the middle so you can go out there on the swim course in kona get yourself a coffee uh, also, if you're over there, they're going to have a, st- a stand at the expo where you can go along and sample stuff. Yep. And, uh, and they're releasing the new coffee. Releasing the new coffee. Gordo's mm-hmm. going to be there at some stage as well. Uh, go along and say good day to Albert. G- give them some feedback on uh, how fantastic it is that they sponsor the show. It's a new one. It's a blue one. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it looks cool, eh? Hey? Yeah. I actually ordered some coffee the other day. Oh, nice. So there we Hard go. to the core. Yeah. yeah. Um, so coffeesofwhite.com. Look out for Albert Boyce racing this weekend. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Albert can get in the top five, get back up on the, the podium. If he does get on the podium, make sure you guys and Conan yeah, give him a massive ups. cheer when he goes up on the stage. Yep. Huge cheer. And uh, oh, It's exciting times. Yeah. Okay, and lastly, try buys and they went into the, they pulled a bit of a tricky one on this, didn't they? And updated the site. And I tell you what, they've just made huge, like it was looking great anyway, but it's so cool now, isn't it? Mm. Oh, so what they've done is, they, because they've just kind of totally released it to the world now, they made a few changes to uh, the website, uh, obviously from our feedback probably. Exactly. So you think, hey, well, you'll be loving it, won't you? Mizuno's on the front page. Featured the wave, item. Wave Rider 10. And uh, they've, they've really made it look just sensational. I think these guys are really onto it. And I think lots of reasons are really onto it. A, the design, the product, the the shipping, everything about them. And we actually got an email from one of our listeners. Um, do you want to read it out, John? Yeah, Andrew Mart. Um, he's in Aussie, I think. I'm I think he's in the UK. Aussie or UK, yeah. he said, just wanted to drop us a quick note of thanks for introducing to the guys at trybuys.com. A few months ago, I was uh, shopping around for a new chai bike and I thought I'd see what they had to offer. As luck may have it, they had the bike I was after and a few weeks later, it's sitting in my house in Bath, UK, waiting yep. for the rain to subside. So Get I out there. Out for a spin. <laughs> Get out there. So he said, he, he said it, was, uh, it was really awesome. They may even managed to do a bike fit over the exchange of emails. Shipping was fast and painless and, uh, and they said it was, he just said it was great service. So Cannot recommend Tribuys more. I think for you overseas listeners, you do need to look into Tribuys. I just think the prices on there, um, yes, you're going to have to pay a little bit for shipping. Um, yep. and just just co- co- um, communicate with them in terms of bikes and things like that but we're just looking at the f- home page here and you can get a, 
a pair of Wave Rider Mizunos for eighty nine bucks US. Yep. US in New Zealand, you just pay flipping you pay like, three times that. Yeah, yeah, you um, really are. Aren't you? It's yeah. just ridiculous. So, do go on there, check out the prices, contact them with regards to shipping, and uh, and I think you know the guys outside the states will get a really good deal, um, and the guys in the states are going to get. You good know, deals one thing about well. these tribo guys, you know, Cameron and, and Lewis, is that they. You know, it's kind of like the road organisers. They're there for the athlete. You know, it's like every time you ever hear about what they're doing for people, it's they go out of their way to do a good service, eh? Yeah. Like, like, and I'm not just saying that because they're paying to be an advertiser on our show. Like, I truly, you know, the experiences that people are telling us that they're having, they're just, you know, these guys are, are onto it, and they're, they're in it for the right reasons. And also, on the front page, they're going to link to us. <laughs> so, so, so that's sensational. So you'll probably see their ads coming out now in a few of the major publications. Uh, you'll see in... Uh, yeah, Triathlete Magazine. Triathlete Magazine. Magazine. Up pretty soon inside try so and we're going to try jack up an interview of craig alexander who's yes, their sponsor he's now a try buys athlete craig alexander imagine if he won kona and they've got try buys on the front and we're going to the next that. week yes. yeah because then we'll be like in the in the, in the know mm. um also um just a couple quick things we've got our camp yeah, but I actually got some prices through this morning, so hopefully when I get back from my holiday, we'll be able to announce uh, a bit more details in terms of the camp we're going to do next June. Nice. And also, uh, just quickly, on Athlinks, um I think it was Andrew actually put up photos from the Interbike. Yeah. It's good bike porn. So Lots of stuff. I commented on it, so if you're unsure of it, just look at my, my comments. And, um, and also, if you want to do anything else, click on an ad on our website. Also, I'll just quickly, you know, over the last few shows I've been saying, please go on to iTunes and give some feedback. And, you know, you guys give us really great feedback, and we really appreciate it. It's, it's um, you know, we put a lot of work into the show, and to actually hear, you know, that you guys are really enjoying it, it adds value, and, you know, you, I don't know, we just, we just love you. It's all good. We just love you. You know, John, what do you have to do for the rest of the week? I'm going Rarotonga. 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 How long are you going for? A week. Oh, nice. Mm. When do you go there? Friday morning. Uh, so you got like shit loads to do before you go. Ten days work and four days. I'm loving days, it. Uh, you know, at five o'clock every morning for the last four days. Are you really? <laughs> wow. It's all good though. Can't complain. I'm going on a holiday. I say. So I'm just before we leave. Have you got any good Kona story from when you were in Kona? Well, I was injured and in <laughs> I got injured four days before the race uh, and basically couldn't. I could only just walk. You could do run with issue, wasn't it? Yeah, but I managed to get through, so I was pretty proud of myself. But after the race, it was uh, woeful. That's not a very good kind of story. Um, let me have a quick think. Have a quick think. Quick think is the key. Quick think. Oh, a funny story is we got this guy. Uh, I don't think I've told this one before. A guy in Christchurch called Neil Sheeran. And I was over there, and uh, there was about four of us sharing a unit together, and it was our first day in Kona. We'd come from New Zealand, and we'd on the flight, as we left, it was snowing before we left. Oh, really? And we got out to, to Kona. It was pretty toasty. I said, right, first day, we all agreed we were going to go out for a good ride on the day after we got there. Yeah. Um, I think we drove out to near Waikoloa, parked up there, and, uh, and rode out to Harvey and back, and it was freaking hot, man, yeah. <laughs> coming from our winter to that. And uh, Neil said, I'm going to do a run off the bike. And we got back, we'd been riding for about three and a half hours, and we were just dying. Like, you <laughs> wouldn't believe it. And, uh, and Neil, we said, Neil, you've got to go for your run. And he said, oh, I don't know. I said, Neil, commit to your program. <laughs> you mean it? <laughs> and so we, Neil, we said, we'll pick you up on the way, Neil. And so Neil trots off along down the road, and we sort of waited about 15 minutes, then drove off after him. And he lasted one minute running. Oh, really? He walked for 14 minutes after wow. one minute running. Wonderful guy. So it is very hot over there for it's the guys going hot. out of the, uh, the Southern Hemisphere winter. Nice. You got any funny kind of stories? Well, my, my, I, I'm going to the website this week, www.ironmantalk. Oh, anyway, 
show notes and stuff, but I, I, I got in the water. I lost my goggles like two days before the race, so I bought some goggles before the race, and I got in the, what's the, the water thing? The the pool that doesn't move? Endless pool. Endless pool. I got an endless pool, and I've tried them on. They're pretty sweet, and I went down to the water and tried them on. Got in the water on race day. They didn't seal. So, <laughs> so, so I couldn't see it. Like, I swam in our 10 in Kona. I had a tear. I had my Kona race... I was happy with the race because I, you know, I did what I needed to do, but I was only there to finish, but it wasn't the best race. And um, I, I basically got in the water, one eye just went, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> and then the gun goes off. And so I got one eye for like about maybe, maybe like 500 meters. And the other eye goes, so I sit up, I try to squeeze my goggles real tight. Yeah. Wait a second, I'll pull out the photo. And so, so I squeeze my goggles real tight. And then I come, uh, I, I was at the most, and I couldn't see anything. So basically my theory was, swim to one person, hit them, go left. Swim to the other person, hit them, go right. And so I basically zigzagged the whole swim. Now, um, what am I saying? So I come out of the water, and you should see the photo. I'll, I'll put a photo on the website this week. It, it's not pretty. I just basically have, it looks like a little like Odie from bloody, um, from Garfield, so... Yeah. Well, it's interesting because somebody else sent us an email this week about uh, they raced somewhere with Chris McCormick. He went and did some small race, and they couldn't believe that he uh, he didn't wear goggles. It was like a half Ironman. Yep. I never used to wear goggles. Oh, that's what you were saying there, weren't no, you? Never. You were hardcore. Yeah. Wait a second, I'm trying to find this photo. And uh, what else have I been up to? I had my friend over for the weekend. It was lots of fun. And then... That's about it. Show me the photo afterwards. Oh, I just want to show you the photo now, but it's okay. I can't. I've got, you know, I've got 7,000 photos. Interesting. That's way too many photos. Anyway. That's our Kona Super Special. Oh, just, guys, good luck. Yes, anybody racing. Yeah. You make your own luck. You make so your own luck in this world, apparently. You do. So you just go out there, have fun, stick to your race plan, and we're looking forward to doing a few age groupers of the weeks from uh, some outstanding performances in Kona. Now, next week, we won't actually be doing a very good post-Kona Super Special because we're kind of recording the show next, aren't we? Yes. Because <laughs> so. John's, John's away. So, so. it's going to have to wait an extra week. <laughs> but our Kona Super Special will come up pretty soon. I'm not going to find this photo. I'm trying to delay so I can get the photo. But yeah. It's breaking my heart. Okay. Iron rusts. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Oh, wait a second. It's a photo. It's a photo. Wait a second. Oh, no. Wait a second. Where is it? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Here we go. He's a... He's a... He looks like an idiot. So check out the website this week. Look how much tight my goggles must have been. Hey, you're carrying a bit of weight there. You know what? I put on... I think I did the old got to Kona. Didn't do much in eight lots. Carrying a bit of a mullet as well, Jesus. Look at that, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay, sorry, we'll do it again. Iron rusts. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Beautiful.